0: Previously on Steambox Versus, Bruce Leroy, the last dragon, shared the glow. The Iron Sheep broke backs and made us humble. Michio Kaku showed us how to find dark matter. Samus and Mega Rad led a rap battle for the ages. And we plunged into virtual reality in Ready Player One. Will Steambox make it back to Ghibli in Japan? Will the Boston Celtics dunk on us? Will the Dragon Ball Z narrator ever join the crew?
1: Stay tuned. And find out on Steam Box Versus.
0: Hi, this is Roberto. You are back with another Steam Box podcast. Today, I am with the Warriors from Central Falls. We got a lot of warriors in the room right now. Please say what's up to the world. What? what? Ah! Oh, I love that energy. That is really good energy. We have Jessica Brown in the house today. Now Jessica Brown uh is an artist. Like the visual kind, but also the performance kind and also the musician kind and also the an educator, a disruptor, uh so many other words. What's your favorite? What's your favorite like tagline what's your favorite what's the favorite descriptor of jessica brown
1: multimedia spectacle generator
0: multimedia spectacle generator what's up jess there
1: you go hey what's going on
0: assistant professor
1: jessica brown about to be associate in like a week okay so about to get that promo one week away for
0: audience at home who can't see this right now she is rocking a uh, a sky blue hoodie with whitney houston large front and center and it looks like she wants to dance with somebody. She does want to dance with somebody. Uh she's as how do uh, how do you love whatever? <laughs> she's missing Bobby Brown right now. That's the thing that's happening. Um, Jessica, I wanted to. There's so many things. I I hope somebody here asks you about Hasbro. I hope somebody here asks you about what toys you made. I hope somebody here asks you about your art. I wanna I wanna ask. Uh, I wanna ask questions. You know, what? I'm just gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna do it, and then I'm gonna kick off to Adam, and we're gonna start with some questions. Okay. So I was recently at an art exhibition. Yep. Okay. This was the wild, like y'all have been to like, y'all, y'all been to see art, right? Y'all been to like Risney's museum and, and other places to see art. You walk in, there's art. Please don't touch it. Your friends are going to be goofy and touch it anyway. We know what's up. I went to her art show. And first of all, there was a wild man at the door. He was checking for names, right? And this dude, when I say was wild, I mean, like, you ever talk to somebody and you're like, I'm sorry, are you from Earth? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my
1: sophomores, Noah. Yo, that was one of my sophomores. Noah. Of
0: this dude, it was not our pie, Noah. It was a different Noah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. if it could. I can't imagine that this is what this dude, right? He's going down the names and I'm like, Roberto Gonzalez. And I said I try to say it as clear as possible. And then he went over it, he repeated it back to me, Roberto Gonzalez, oh, I don't see it, I don't see it. I'm like, I'm sure I'm there. He goes, oh, I see it, Representative David Morales. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that dude's cool. He's my friend. I know he's not coming tonight because I know he's somewhere else, but I'm Roberto Gonzalez, not represented. What is happening right now, right? And then and then Angela did the same thing, and it, it was wild. It was wild. We finally get in. But it's these, like, back alley, it was, it's it's in one of those lofts in Providence, and as you're walking through it, you gotta walk up the stairs, and then you get to the wildest part, her art, and it's just an intersection of, like, style and canvas art, and I believe one of the things you were featuring was inserting yourself. <laughs> Inserting a black woman. May is that is that can I okay Inserting a black woman into traditionally famous white pop culture. Correct. For example, Friends was my favorite one. Because Friends was famously lacking diversity. Right. right? There's no black people in New York, right? They were none during the filming of Friends, apparently. Uh yeah, so that was one of the and it was striking, right? Because you guys have seen Friends?
1: No, No twice. So you've seen it a couple of times? You've seen it? It doesn't really hold up. I'm going to say it does not hold up. But back in my day, it was all the rage. They didn't have a black girl until like the last season when Aisha Tyler was dating. Um, oh, boy.
0: Aisha Tyler is a spy in Archer. That's sort her of thing. Anyway, uh, in, in Friends. So if you're watching Friends, it's kind of funny. But you're numb to it. I grew up that numb to it. It was normal that all of these shows were white. It was normal that there were no Latinos in any of these shows, unless it's the weird neighbor, right? Unless it was Lucy's husband, right? There's no Or Latino. the drug
1: dealer, or the killer. It's always a stereotype, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. But you don't even think about it. You get numb to it until I see your art. And now all of a sudden I'm like, yo, there was no black people in. And-
1: right. We weren't in outer space. We were. I have a picture of me in the Flintstones. So I was like, oh, we weren't in pre at times. We weren't in outer space. You talk about green acres. I was like, so we weren't farmers. And I was like, who do you think that grew y'all's food? Like we did that. We weren't in New York. So it just shows you all these places that we've been left out in pop culture. But we've always been there. So when I think about in policy or where we are in the world today, for how we don't have certain rights or we're not showing up in places is because the media has helped to perpetuate that. And so people start to believe we don't belong in spaces. So I need to show myself, like we've been here and despite not seeing that, I'm always been like, wait a minute, but we're here. Like, but I'm being fed that every day when I'm eating my cereal in front of the TV, when I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons, I was like, I don't see myself, but I know that I'm there.
0: I need to be a better person. Because when I see those things, when I when I look at somewhere where I'm not represented, I wanna take a painting that is of friends without a Latino in it, and I wanna light it fire. I wanna light fire. I wanna light it on fire, right? Yeah. I wanna I wanna smash it. I wanna like toss it. I wanna be like F friends. F friends, F the goofy show. This show can go to hell, who needs it? But you didn't do that. No. You simply put yourself in it you put a pie it was it was positive there was no negative in it you weren't wagging a finger at anybody you right. weren't being like y'all are racist because that's what i would do right right you weren't being like y'all are racist you would just be like
1: fixed it right so this is a piece of my work because it's always demonstrating i have a whole project called this is my house and it's about going into these spaces saying we've been here so whether it's a museum i did a piece at the Rizzi museum i put myself on a throne i had a whole crew come through we had a dance troupe We had trans folks in there, we had queer folks of color. I pulled out artwork from the same time period as the room that I was in, because there was in the grand gallery of the Rizzi Museum, there was no one of color in there. And I was like, you mean to tell me from like 1700 to 1850, y'all couldn't find one piece of art with anybody that was brown in it. So it was my mission to say, guess what? I know there's some artwork out there that's like that. And I wanna show us not enslaved, not shackled and not beaten down. So I worked with a researcher and we found all this beautiful work of like black and brown nobility, but the language had changed. Like we weren't called black or African-American. We were called Moorish, you know, or was like the black Danish or looking at Northern Africa. So I was like, how do you show that and reframe the narrative? But I don't need to beat somebody over the head. I don't need to make somebody feel bad, but it's about merely just presenting it and then letting people enter that space. And so I had that artwork up. I was on the throne. I didn't even talk, but I had my crew. Then my crew pulled out all the beautiful black and brown kids and we had a parade because I want them to know that I see them. I said, I want all of us to show up fresh and fly. And the way that we do, we came up, we showed out. The museum was like, we've never seen anything like this before. I had City Maiga come, he had that drum. We had drum circles. And when I tell y'all we moved it in there, I tell you, those walls came crumbling down and it felt amazing. And what was really dope was seeing white folks stand around the edge being like, I'm not sure if I can come in this space or I don't know how to enter this space. Or there is one older guy that had a hat on and we were like, take your hat off because we know that when we go into like sacred spaces, you take that hat off and he wouldn't take his hat off. So we're like, that's cool, you just can't come in here. And no one has probably ever told him that he couldn't do something, but you're in my house. Like we built this museum, like we built Rhode Island, like we did that. So we did that. Um, So I was trying to make a safe space for us in a safe space to have joy. So again, I don't need to berate people. I don't need to be like historically y'all done this and it's a matter of just presenting and creating that space. So Roberto with the work, it's the same thing. I don't need to like be upset. I'm really just showing y'all, showing people where we've been left out and then letting them take the story from there.
0: You got two adults in the room uh, and those are two different directions and I am yielding to this direction. I'm saying if y'all see me in the conflict, y'all go see me get angry start swearing, doing some something else. Uh, and what I'm telling you right now, I'm yielding to Jessica Brown. And I'm saying that delivery, the way that she delivered her message is going to go further and reach more people. Because as soon as I start saying MF, whatever, and going at somebody, I get muted. Yeah, people they, shut down. They shut down. It's off. It doesn't matter how right I am. But that way, I bet some of them wanted to take some of your art home, put it on the wall.
1: The way that people responded was amazing. First of all, I had a museum director behind me the entire time with a decilometer. So he was just like, if if it gets this loud, we have to stop because it's gonna mess up the artwork. That's not even a real statement. Like, how is that a real statement? Like, how is us making noise going to disturb the paintings on the wall? So I had all these parameters. I couldn't put a blanket over the artwork because I wanted to cover it. They were like, no, you can't touch the artwork. Okay, let's put it on the frame. Oh, you can't touch the frame. Okay. So I had easel set up in front of that. Then him having the meter, he was like, if it gets too loud, we're going to have to shut it down. And I'm like, okay, cool. But what was wild is at the end, like I was waiting to be shut down. The whole time I was waiting to be shut down. But the person, my friend standing next to the guy, she was like, oh, you went over that meter. But he saw the response in that room and like he was smiling and he was bopping like he didn't even know he was going to like it. So I introduced him to something he didn't know, but I let him set up every barrier, every obstacle, because that's what he wanted to do. But I just gave an invitation to be able to join us. I genuinely want to know
0: if and this is, this is a real question, this is a genuine question uh, and, and I'm not, you know, you don't have to like make up an answer. I genuinely want to know if a white artist going into that space to do the same work would be met with. Well, I have this sound meter. And if you if your event gets too loud, it's going to affect the art. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, I wonder, is that a, is that a normal thing that they do for everybody? Or was that for the fun black artist who comes into the space?
1: Well, if you've ever worked with a museum or gallery, those are just notoriously tight spaces. Like, everybody just wants to say no. Right. But that, that, those does right, like but a lot. I weird. mean, it sounds like a lot. But also, I don't know how many people are like, I'm going to bring this multicultural queer dance collective in here. Right. And then I'm going to bring a drum circle in here. And also, we're going to have a sound bath, and I'm bringing DJ lights. Like, I don't know how many white artists are saying they're going to do that, but I bet if they were going to do it, I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem.
0: Was he afraid you were going to make Mona Lisa sad? Was Mona Lisa going to frown?
1: I'll be Mona, <laughs> right, because she's already frowning. But I was like, if anything, I'm about to wake Mona Lisa up. Yeah. So, but my work is to disrupt. My work is to agitate, my work is to disrupt, but it's also, it's about keeping that door open. Because like you said, if I come at them, MF this, and I'm just like, you did this, and I don't like you this, they can't hear anything. They cannot hear anything. So I just have to do it and be like, you can choose to join me if you want to, or you can just look like Boo Boo the Fool and stand over there on the wall.
0: This is a lesson that I still have to learn, and I'm hoping that you guys can learn this before I do. Uh, what's your question for Jessica Brown?
2: What's your favorite thing about the things you do? Uh,
1: that I get to break a lot of rules, but I got I have to. I saw this. You got to know the rules before you can break them.
2: So, when you break the when you when you don't get in trouble for breaking the rules, how do you feel about that?
1: I feel empowered to now push it further and do more. What do you want to add? Oh, uh, like what types of rules? Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, tell, just tell me I can't do something oh, okay. like, please, please tell me I can't do something, especially within a system, within an institution. I mean, this started all this has been me since like middle school. So tell me I can't do something. I'm like, but if it doesn't make sense and if I'm not hurting anyone, then don't say no for the sake of saying no. Or is it like, what's the point of the rule? Is it because I'm gonna hurt myself? Okay, I understand that. But if you're just saying no to say no, no, that don't work. So, so I'm not here for I can't or don't do that. So I will always challenge that.
0: Just has got uh, Whitney Houston on, like I pointed out earlier, uh, my goat is Prince, and there was a love song, and it took me t- wait, it took me way too long to realize that yo, know, this love song called Cream. <laughs> that's a crazy way to start <laughs> Prince wrote that love song about himself like the more I listen to that song I'm like yo this mo- wrote a song about himself and in it he says make the rules and then break them all because you are the best that was when I knew when right. I heard that line that's when I was like who does that who would he be talking to is this like
1: anybody and because prince was the best that's the piece about prince like he could do everything that he did and he could challenge everybody because he he thought that he was the best and he was he practiced that hard he wrote that much music and he had the receipts to show i can do this thing i mean this was a cishet man who wore high heels and ruffles but you can't tell him nothing because he will whoop your ass (laughs) everywhere
0: professor jess brown says uh Take, find those rules and then break them. What's your question for Jess Brown? Uh, what is one student that you see yourself in late? Oh.
1: What? Wait, wait. Come back again. Say it again. What's a
2: student that I, like you see yourself in late?
1: Pretty much all of them. So I teach from sophomores. So I've got 19-year-olds all the way up to grad students. So they could be in their 30s. For me, especially my sophomores, they're all terrified on the first day of school. So they've just come from risky's freshman year of art school is like boot camp like you are in your studio you're working 18 19 hours a day and these are all the best kids the best of the best of the best and then everyone's in that room terrified but they're also very skilled so I see myself in every one of them that was like my first day of going to governor's school of the arts in Kentucky which was high school art camp that was my first time going to like softball camp out of college. That was my first time going to college. So every student, I see myself in that. So I can have empathy for that. Kentucky experience one to ten, and go. Uh, well, it was all I knew. So ten. So I really enjoyed it. We have a certain reputation, but I can say it ain't no different than what I see up here in Rhode Island. Um, you from Kentucky? I see some pointing areas. Being to Kentucky. Oh, what part of Kentucky are we going to? I don't know yet.
2: I just thought I'm going to the state.
1: Oh, you're being moved there. You're, it's your choice. OK, but you don't know where yet. It really depends on where you move. So I uh, and I know this is a national podcast and folks might get mad, but I'm from Western Kentucky where we do, where we wear shoes and don't marry our cousins. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Eastern Kentucky is a very different story. Love you, Appalachia, but it's very different. So I grew up like in the fourth largest city in Kentucky. I was smack dab underneath Illinois. Like I could see under, I could see Illinois, literally home of Superman. So Metropolis, the comic book was based off of the town across the river from me. I always thought that was New York. Nope. Metropolis, Illinois. All right. Um, and then next to Missouri, I'm right on the Tennessee line. So I was really close to a, a lot of stuff. But it's beautiful country. I grew up my high school was surrounded by a tobacco field, a corn field, and a cow field. So I come from the country, y'all. Yeah. Um, I grew up riding four wheelers, going fishing. Um, so it was a really beautiful childhood. But my parents grew me to leave. They were like, This is a really great place to grow up, but you don't need to stay here. Yeah. And it's cool. I think maybe when I'm eighty eight. I might go back.
0: Are your parents still in Kentucky?
1: They're in Kentucky and Tennessee. So it's like saying Mass Rhode Island. So pretty much everyone lives in Nashville, Tennessee. So it was awesome to grow up going to Nashville on Country Music Row and just being able to like hang out with musicians.
0: We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to take a trip to Nashville. Adam has a follow up and then I want to reverse the question back to Lewis. What your you got? So do you think all the things you've done in Rhode Island, do you think you
2: could do the same thing like in Kentucky?
1: No, not at all. How would that, how
2: would
0: it be different?
1: Uh, one, Rhode Island is so small that it has given me the ability to maneuver. That's what Rhode Island has been helpful for. I feel like in Kentucky, I would have been a small fish in a big pond. But also, I was already too big for, I felt too big for Kentucky already in high school. And my mom, God bless her, she, she felt too big. She was too big. Like her personality was too big. She was just too big for Kentucky. So she didn't want that to be happening for me. So Rhode Island gives me, I love the diversity that's up here, the access to Boston, New York, the ocean, the mount, like everything, I feel like little little tiny Rhode Island has has everything for me.
0: Uh, Lewis, Judge Diony Garcia got back to me today. He was somebody, he was a podcast guest recently, um, and he wants to work with you. So we're going to talk about it, we're going to figure something out probably after the podcast. But uh, you asked Jess if she sees herself in any of her students, are there adults, not me, but are there adults in your life who you see your, who you see yourself in, or see a position that you want to you want to be in? Is there a role model that you want to be like in your life?
2: Uh, for me, no,
0: but I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't find nobody. But I want to say
2: is someone I see myself in is my brother, because like he is exactly like my younger brother,
0: but he's smarter than me. He's better in some things, me. so I do see myself in him. So you were cloned. Yes, yeah. <laughs> He's growing up. Brandon, what's your question for Jess?
3: Your favorite artist?
1: Oh, why you come out with me? That's an easy one, but so hard. Um. Ooh, well, okay, I'm going to go art- artists across the genre. Parliament P-Funk. Okay. Parliament P-Funk as... Uh, if none, y'all... Of them, none of them know. Oh, please what Spotify later name? on, y'all. Just please Spotify. Like, when it comes to music, art, Afrofuturism parliament p funk and labelle for me so always seeing like the costuming the outfits and the messaging i'm gonna say my favorite artist <laughs> not
0: not right now not, not right, now. right now but uh just know that while the adults in the room are kind of shaming you right now <laughs> so is the world who's listening just fyi some of y'all gonna have all right, to look that
2: out there
1: is this uh, we're just not that old yeah y'all all feel that breeze in here from all that shit so is she
0: already yes no less what's your question for jess oh um
1: see i hadn't how oh what what sports or what sports do you play or have played? all right i grew up playing softball my entire life so i was gonna go to college for softball but the college i went to just didn't have a team and i did play rugby in college so rugby and softball are mine and i loved rugby because i loved Hitting people without pads.
0: Yeah. 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 I can I can relate to that. Uh, what are your scores? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I pledged to come see your game if you get back. She was in the championship last year, and if you make it back to the championship, I'm coming. Right. That was the deal. All right. Sounds like a challenge. Are is that a thing that's gonna happen? Or are you guys gonna make it? Whoa, oh, that high pitch. That high pitch. <laughs> that high. Okay. All right. I did the words. The words were like, yeah. And but the tone was like,
2: what's your question for Jess? Okay. So basically going back to what you guys were saying that in a lot of in a lot of movies and stuff, there was just a lot of white people, yeah. not that many black people. How do you feel with series like Velma coming out, bring up more black people, but it kind of like, how does this show me?
1: Well, can you tell me about the synopsis of Velma? <laughs> I
2: mean, I personally didn't watch it. I just heard some stuff about it, but by what it seems, it kind of seems like a lot of stuff just started happening. A lot of it's strange.
1: Well, I some, somebody tell me about it. What is? But, uh, it? Hold, hold on, Keith. Go ahead.
3: Uh, okay, so
1: what?
3: <laughs> so recently Velma. It's about how like, like um. So Velma from Scooby Doo, right? Okay. She used to be white. Yeah. They meet her, I think, Pakistani. now. But the point is, it's supposed to be like Voma is supposed to do stuff in a, like in independently and it's supposed to show like diversity, but they do it by like a corporate way. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have quotas to reach mm-hmm. and they have to force diversity. Diversity it's, by committee. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like it's very forced and it's bad that way. Yeah. And like a lot of people are saying, like, it's supposed to be like a Scooby Doo type of thing, but they're having Scooby Doo with no Scooby Doo.
1: So and a social good. commentary where a social commentary doesn't necessarily belong. Yeah.
3: So this is bad because they like they're forcing it. Yeah. Like, they don't have to. They also create racial stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Like with so many racial, racial stereotypes. It's something
2: that you actually said that Roberto was basically saying that if someone was to like trying to make fun of the people or like when you're trying to get black people, as Roberto said, probably just start cursing at them. That's basically what they did with the show by making Fred your average rich white. Yeah. Which. Babies. yeah but especially babies. the stereotype hitting the white people with right. the stereotype of their own
0: now surprisingly it's written by Mindy Kaling who we're fans of Angela and I are fans of Mindy Kaling and uh we gave the show a try and it was not it for us it, yeah I, I think I think I'm feeling what you guys are saying that I'm like, getting
1: a lot of nose in the room they' seeing a
0: lot of so, nose so for it was yeah it it's was being extremely far from it extreme yeah. is also another word right. i mean we're, we're talking about velma scooby-doo gang and i believe there was sex and drugs and, yeah.
1: yeah
0: uh yeah, well to cool.
1: me stuff that's where i mean i feel like you all have just answered the question
0: but can i bring it back to the spirit of it right yeah. so not so let's forget about velma but but what about what about uh More spatial. what about the the little mermaid because i oh, i i think i i don't know i don't want to say what i think
1: just- oh lord don't get me started okay first of all i love the hashtag My, My Ariel. Because I was like, first of all, it's a cartoon. So uh, what are we really doing right here? But what kills me is when people don't want to really learn history. I was like, mermaids are black. Like, historically, mermaids and sirens are black. If you look at the actual folklore of mermaids, it comes from the western coast of Africa. And it was about these mermaids and sailors who would go, i mean, sorry, these mermaids and sirens who would go out to the water, and they're actually saving the sailors who were going overboard... Or they were on search of water and people needed water they were there so i was like historically mermaids are us and then you've got walt disney who took it from what were the german brothers who did every disney movie I do previously um, no so most disney movies are based on god i, I know this because this is my research sorry it's after school um anyway so this was adapted so it was adapted to be a white girl and now everyone's upset that it's a black girl i was like but again if you learn your history this started out as a black folk tale
2: wait so are you glad that in the live action that she's a black
1: yes okay i like i am but but what i love that and i love that for us and i love seeing i love that all these people and little girls are going to be raised to see themselves as a mermaid I love The Little Mermaid. I remember when it came out. Y'all don't remember that because y'all too young. I remember when it came out. I had all VHS. VHS. I had all VHS. But y'all didn't have to wait for is when they had to unlock the Disney ball. Because the movie would come out and they would do it for a year, then they would put away for five years, and then you'd have to wait till Disney unlocked it again before you could buy it on that big VHS. So I
0: said this weekend at the Penny Arcade Expo, I was with some of these students there, and I heard somebody say, uh, I've never seen a mermaid who wasn't white. That's what they said out loud as an adult. It was an adult person talking to another adult person about this subject and said, I've never seen a mermaid that wasn't white.
1: Hence all that artwork I do where I put myself in those spaces because we have to show our face. And so it's just like, you can't continue to let people write their history. So it goes all the way. I'm about to take y'all to a history, history lesson. Like the first movie created, the reason like we had to have, you know, reason why Jim Crow existed, the reason we had to like fight through civil rights is literally because of the first movie that was ever created, The Birth of a Nation. And it showed the Ku Klux Klan, which the Klan didn't even have those outfits then. They used the costume design okay, Ruth Carter, that's why you're important. They used that costume design to create the outfits for the Ku Klux Klan. They showed a black man terrorizing a white woman. They created this narrative and that's the narrative that we've still been fighting today. So that's why it's important for us to tell our own stories, for us to be in the media, for us to be in movies. So for her to say whoever, how old she is, to be like, I've never seen a black mermaid. That's why we need to be showing that black mermaids exist. Also, mermaids aren't real. My friend said
0: <laughs> You were you were no not uh you so oh who here was you were with me. Uh you were in the car with Ant. and used his big bolstery voice and said, Mother you ain't never seen a mermaid carry. That's and so, it. dude, that was a real thing. The fact that you have to tell
1: another adult that is watch- like, what are we doing and I consider myself a black mermaid like I'm in the water all the time like if you listen to NPR this week there was just an NPR thing because I do cold water swimming so I'm always in the water and I was like that's my ancestral birthright is for me to be in the water to return the water we came from the water that's who we are but to have to have the argument that this isn't even real we are arguing about something that's not even real
0: <laughs> you are uh, so I hope we got to the spirit of uh, the question that you were asking and so Chloe what's your question for Jess
1: I want to know what your favorite way
3: of expressing is.
1: Ooh, it was multimedia multi media. Multimedia, and I don't put myself in one box or one genre because I do express myself in different ways. Um, I gotta say, um, right now I'm really into projection, like doing video work and projection. But music, music. I'm a musician. I play trumpet. I play guitar. I sing. And for me, like, once you throw in a pair of sunglasses and wear, like, your underwear over your fishnets, like, you get to be whoever you want. So, like Superman? You'd- like, super, oh. like, if you look at my outfits, like, I got some pretty outrageous costumes I wear when I'm um, doing music. So I just feel like that expression feels really good because I don't have to. It, sometimes it's hard to be who you are or to say what you want when you are you. But there's a certain empowerment. And then that empowerment transfers into my everyday life. So they're both um, very reciprocal and they feed each other. What's
0: your favorite? I I know, but are you willing to tell the world your favorite medium of art where you express yourself?
1: I sing a lot. Okay. Okay.
0: That was not my answer for you. I thought it would be your manga art, but okay. All right. Drawing that off.
1: And And I've gone through cycles. Like in high school, my thing was drawing. And then it was painting. And I mean, I have a degree in woodworking, so yep. I've been a woodworker. If I feel like I'm best expressed through ceramics, then I'm going to learn ceramics. If I want to learn how to make memes and gifts, then it's going to be that. So whatever I want to get out, I'm going to find a way to do that.
0: Our uh, our friend uh, from Cox Communications says that they want to come in and see this space. They're interested in probably hooking us up with some recording equipment. Now, if we get some recording equipment, are you willing to let us record you? Maybe. Oh. so no? no. oh okay. I want to see that deck. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to remind you that you said this. Um, what is your question for Jess Brown? Me yeah. Keith, go ahead. Oh. Keith, go ahead. Okay.
3: I'm sorry. Pressure. Pressure. Um, I have two. One, uh, how, like, on a, like I don't want to say it on a scale because it goes beyond scale. Yeah. But, like, as someone like you, I know there's definitely a bunch of, like, horrible feedback that you get from, like, the things that you do. Yeah. Like, and how do you end up dealing with that so it doesn't, like, get to you mentally?
1: Okay. um, So I actually don't get a lot of bad feedback, which is you would think so, right? Yeah. You would think so, but it's because of the way I handle it is that I don't get a lot of feedback. So, I mean, bad feedback. um. Yeah, that's the, that's the answer. And when it does happen, you know what? I just filter it out. So if it's not going to help me, then I don't need it. Now, I will take it. And if it feels like, oh, I can listen to that. And like, let's remember that for the next time. But say if it's a show and there's reviews, I will actually have like my friends read the reviews and tell me what I need to know to protect myself.
0: Do you think it's that friendly concept, the friendly way the you, the your way versus the way that I do things? Do you think that limits trolls? Do you think... Do you think trolls are not going to bother with a black woman in a picture of friends?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's comments. It's it's interesting. So when I do, I'll throw up a lot of stuff on social just to see. You know, throw some chum in the water to see what people bite with. It's funny that you said
0: just to see because it sounds like uh, a a different word. It, sorry.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> just to see. Just to, just to see. see you right. Just to see, right. So I'll throw stuff up, and it's interesting to see people will nip at it, but they don't go in deep. And then I'll do something that doesn't matter that's stupid, and then everyone comments on it. And I was like, they don't comment on the real thing because it's hard. When it's hard, people don't really want to go in on it. And then I can tell who my white audience is and who my audience of color is because some folks get it, some folks don't. So that's really interesting. But like when we talk about the bad feedback, Say if I'm in a faculty meeting or something, when I see something happening, I'm going to say it like I I work deliberately and without fear. And I say it in such a way that it's like you just embarrass yourself, but I'm not going to let you feel embarrassed. But I'm just going to sit it out there and I'm going to let everyone else handle that. And I'm just going to sit back. So I kind of take myself out of it.
0: I'm telling y'all to learn that approach because again i'm just jealous and i know that i need to learn (laughs) that approach myself melanie do you have a question for Jess? yeah
3: um my question is do you feel successful with everything that you're doing right now or do you think you need to do more
1: uh well i always feel like i need to do more because i'm a black woman in america so that's the system i feel really successful like right now i'm in a season where i have i have been teaching for four years i'm an accidental professor And I've just been running, 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 and I'm on my break right now. And I feel really proud, maybe for the first time in my life, like I'm always proud of what I do, but to sit back and really see that I wrote a list and I have accomplished my list just for right now. And I feel really successful and proud in that. And a lot of that is listening to the people around me being like, girl, You did that. You can take a break. You did that. So it's having to also train myself to be like, you did good. Like you did good and be proud.
0: What's next on your list? What's one thing that on your next list? Because this list is checked off. Yeah. What's on your next list? Give us like one thing
1: uh to actually put this work really big out in the world so it's like i've been producing i've been working to change my institution so just to kind of project that and to create more safe spaces for black people black women and, and people of color all
0: right um I, keith i see a follow-up riri i see a follow-up i want to turn the question back real quick on melanie and then you're gonna go a little bit faster so i can get to everybody's questions uh melanie uh how about your work what is your work that you feel like is successful that you are proud of do you have one thing one moment one achievement
3: i don't really think so i feel like i could like do more and express myself better if i had the chance to the next success is the best success uh what did you want to add um I'm, i'm a vouch for somebody uh a girl that has been with us for a long time Named Cindy Lou has been trying to get in your class. You give her a chance at <laughs> <laughs> in
1: my I, class at school.
3: I don't know. Like you said, because because you said she's trying to like. I think so. I like school, I don't know. I, I I'm here. Oh
0: man, I hope I did not want to. I did not. I, man. Oh, talk about grass. I, I I twisted Cindy Lou's uh stuff, and I didn't watch it. And now here we are in the podcast. I think Cindy Lou said she didn't have a chance to get in your class and that she wants to and that your class-
1: But it just hasn't It just hasn't aligned. And I have to say I'm kind of popular. Uh, but when I go back, I think that I'll have another year while Cindy's in school. So Cindy's probably gonna get in my class. But I, I mean, I'll say this right now, Cindy, you got a whole classroom of people vouching for you. So... Does she have a whole class? Do you guys... Yeah, about- yeah. Your ass is...
2: Yeah. No, you yeah. do me last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your... <my God. laughs>
1: oh, That's like <laughs> a good turn. Okay. Well, a place okay. they
0: oh, yeah. uh, No, no. Leave it without context. That's, that's better for the... Whole- uh, Riri. Riri, what's your question? for? Oh, I'm sorry. Follow-up before question? Did you have follow-up? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Next um, question. You said you were
1: an accidental, An accidental professor. Oh, like, I did not grow up saying I want to be a professor I was actually really I was actually always like I'm not a teacher I don't want to be a teacher I want nothing to do with teaching and then I accidentally became a professor and I tell you it is the most joyous thing I've ever done in my life and it has made me feel really successful and proud and I love it every day
0: all right what is uh is that no no okay go, go ahead
1: um I have two weird random questions um what's the weirdest dream you've had and what's your base fear Oh, okay. The dream part I can't remember because my expiration date is usually three days after a dream. So <laughs> sorry about that. And give me the second part. Oh, what's your biggest fear?
0: She talked about fear a moment ago in a different context, and I was thinking the same thing. I'm happy that you asked that. Ooh. You were talking about having no fear when that things. Cons- yeah.
1: yeah, I think like the biggest fear is not being successful, but I really work to not work like I don't work in fear. And I try not to be fearful. And I was actually thinking about this, because I think y'all asked one of the last people on your podcast. And so every my first moment of facing a fear was being three on my big wheel. And I lived down a big hill. And my mom was just like, Yeah, you just kept sitting at the top of that hill. And you looked down and no sane person would have taken it. But you took that hill. And you kept doing it until you weren't afraid anymore. You rode a roller coaster until you weren't afraid anymore. So I will always face a fear.
0: Very quickly, what's one of your weird dreams? No.
1: Moving on. What's your question for the rest? Okay. Um, so when we were reading about you, uh, what's Soul Bingo? Ah, uh, Soul! Bingo. Bingo. So it's alright. If anyone has seen Soul Train, come on now. Come on, Don Cornelius. Okay, it's my boy over here. Yeah, hey, that's it's the bell- newest Alright, oh, I'll say it again. It
2: was not the new newest Pixar Yes, movie. it's
1: oh. the newest Pixar So movie. Soul, yes, is a Pixar oh. movie. Oh, crap. right. But this has nothing to do with that. Oh uh, <laughs> But all of it beats in. So back in the day before there was like music videos, you had Soul Train. Don Cornelius, this fly dude, like suit, vest on, afro, he would invite acts to come on and like the b- different bands would play. So everyone who's doing like the, who had the number one. And then you had all these dancers who would show up and they'd practice all day and they're on TV dancing. And then we would watch it. You learn that dance and then you go to the club to do that dance. And everybody wanted to be on Soul Train. And if you're an artist, you wanted to be on Soul Train because that means like people are seeing your records. So I do a bingo game that literally talks about this, talking about creating inclusive spaces. So it's a bingo game that I do, but I have Soul Train videos playing in the background. I'm a character called Miss Jean Soulfly. I'm somewhere between 70 and 95 years old. I wear a cool what? velour tracksuit like y'all's grandma and an abuelas up in here. Is this on YouTube? You can, I'm uh, oh, definitely on the Instagram page. Okay, There's okay. an Instagram page for it. Uh, yes, you can right. listen. And I have a whole set of prizes, which I get from the dollar store and we have a Soul Train line. I invite people to come dressed up as your favorite disco character, and we play It's intergenerational, which is really beautiful. You can play, because all my work is also about different, (laughs) so this (laughs) is about different levels of engagement. So you can play if you want to, or you can just watch the videos, or intermittently I have dancing, so you can get up and dance. And then I'm also telling black history facts while we're at it. And so it's that whole thing about participation, right? Like I'm going to give you some facts and you can listen or not listen, but you can also dance or not dance, but there's an energy and there's a spirit and there's a vibe. So that's what Soul Bingo is. And I would do that once a month at Troop down in Oniville, And I would invite my class to come in and participate. What's so the th- name of this character again? Soul Soulfly. So did I- do you guys
0: want uh do you guys wanna meet Irma Jean Soulfly? Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. Irma Jean yes. has been out since before the pandemic. Are we gonna interview her on the podcast? And yes. get this day, all right. In
0: May, Jess Brown, uh, we're yep. gonna set this up in May. Uh, and we're gonna do some soul bingo and we're gonna meet Irma Jean. <sighs> Jess Brown said so.
1: Okay, maybe yes. set up. Can we maybe do it in the fall? This is a commitment. late summer or fall. All right, we'll talk about fall. Okay, we'll okay, okay. Uh
0: all right. What is your question for Jess Brown? That
2: was my so when we was reading your rap sheet, you do a lot. I a lot, a lot. It was hard to just focus on one. So I got two. What's art twerking?
1: Uh, oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm no. Right. So art twerking. When I started teaching at RISD, I wanted to teach a class that was honestly for like kids of color queer kids and kids that are on the margins so i wanted to name my class a word that they would understand but maybe administration didn't understand so to twerk you know like there's a whole historical context we all know about dancing and twerking and how it comes from like african culture dominican culture so i wanted to be able to do something that's kind of like coded and pointing toward like this is for you this is for you and if you don't know you just don't know so my classes, I kind of feel like are like the Underground Railroad of art school. Like if you want to, because my classes are also so that kids can create cl- work in my classes that they haven't been able to create in other spaces. So if they've been the token, cl- the token student in their class and they have to explain their work, um, or if they're being called out or asked questions, like that's not on them. That's on the teacher or the professor. So I want you to be able to come to my class and to create that work, and we be able to have a, a narrative and context around that in a safe space.
0: For our audience at home, yes, she did get up. And I, actually, <laughs>
1: that's it. I did. I, I did a half tour.
0: That's a thing that happened on the podcast. We had uh, we had a senator on who uh, had famously just lived her life on the beach. Yeah. Tiara came on the podcast and told us all about uh, that adventure. And she has trolls, right? Because she's a profile figure. So, of course, she made the world angry.
1: Right. Which is so insane that, one, we have a senator that can twerk so awesome and amazing. And everyone came after her. I was like, all she did was shake that ass on the beach. Like, that's all she did. Meanwhile, you've got senators here who are trying to take away like black history in school. You're trying to take away lunch, social services. You're trying to take history out of school. So nobody's coming after them, but you're taking it off of the person who has more talent than you. (laughs) That's what I saw. That's what I saw.
0: That's what I saw too. CJ, what's your question? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. My second question. Since I was like a child
2: yesterday. Because
1: he's 17 now, so he's not a child. Yeah, Yeah, child yesterday. We still gotta hit you. Not today,
2: yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday, because today's my birthday. Roll. The thing that interested me the most was your toy design for Hasbro. Because okay. oh, yes. I was a young in one time yeah. in my lifetime. Not wow. Because now, now you're not 17 years older. What is the biggest toy that you worked on or what's your favorite toy that you worked on?
1: Love this question, thank you so much. So I was a toy designer at Hasbro for six years. I was a project manager uh, and toy designer. My favorite game was, the. anybody watch Golden Girls? <laughs> Put that (laughs) hand up higher. Raise it. There you go. So (laughs) I
3: I used to watch all the (laughs) time when I...
1: So I created the Monopoly and the Clue and the Trivia Pursuit Golden Girls game. Okay. And that Monopoly game was a number one selling affinity game after the Game of Thrones. So I had the number two selling Monopoly game, which feels really awesome. For the Trivia Pursuit, I think there's about 400 questions, and I wrote 250 of those on an airplane. And I got to call my mom and be like, Mom, remember when you yelled at me for watching TV constantly? It finally paid off. Here you go. What's your favorite the character in Golden Girls? Uh, I'm a Dorothy all day long. Okay. I'm a Dorothy act all day long. What's your um
3: i will I watched this since I was like, I think I stopped watching more like 10. Because my grandmother stopped watching it with me, and I was kind of sad.
1: You give me Dorothy and Blanche by. You missed it. Oh, God. <guys>. Because <laughs> I was I mean, the show is. The show is strong. So those are my favorite games. And what I also love is that no one believed in it. And I mentioned it over at dinner with uh, one of our games partners out in San Diego. And this is before Golden Girls was huge, but it was like starting to pick up steam. So I was like, hey, this thing is happening. And I remember my boss giving me a look like, don't keep having this conversation. And I was like, we're kind of off the clock and we're at dinner. And I was like, there's this thing happening. You might want to look at Golden Girls. And so I convinced them. They made a prototype. They took it to San Diego Comic-Con. He was like everyone wants this game I don't know what's happening like he was like I don't know what's happening but I I know sales and I know money and so for him he had his team continue and so it was a pet project for me so it was really cool to see like something that was a passion project for me and then my boss saw saw how passionate I was and she was like you need something that gives you a light and she let me continue on with that So so that was really that felt really good for me
0: now, yours was best and favorite.
1: Was that your best and favorite? So that was my best. Oh, that was my f- best. And my favorite was when I got to redo Weevils. Anybody play with Weevils when they were kid? They wabble, 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 wabble. and don't down. Oh, so because wow. so, I got to work on the vault. So Hasbro, if you all don't know, and maybe the podcast needs to go there, Hasbro has a vault here in Central Falls where they have every product they've created since uh, they were since 1952. So every company that they've acquired, every toy they made is sitting down the street at this vault. So I can go it right now? Uh, you cannot, because you can't get past security. But it was my job to go into that vault and be like, what can we bring back? Like, what can we resurrect? Yeah. What's got a 25 year anniversary? What's 30 year? What's 50? Right. So I got to like be in my childhood toy box and just be like, what? Like, this is my job right now. And then I got to work with grand teams and our partners to reintroduce that stuff. So we got to reintroduce Weebles. That was like our third iteration. And what was fun for me is I got to actually make it diverse because before Weebles was all white characters and one ambiguous, could be Japanese, could be like Latino character. And so for me, it was like, what does it like? Who do our kids look like today? And I got these Weebles to reflect that. And so that was probably one of my most proudest because it had a really diverse uh, group of kids one being my dominican kid who was in there and he was the scientist i had a little korean girl
0: who hold on hold on th- you had a dominican who wasn't a gang member or holding a gun, right? <laughs> like that. he was a scientist Seriously, that's, a scientist. A scientist. that's what we were saying earlier that's how they were
1: represented before. right so like i literally got to write up the archetypes because when you're there's toys created there's a whole script so i got to create the archetype of what that was gonna be. I got, we had to do animation for it. So I got to think about the voice acting. I did the mood board for what the world would look like that they lived in. I helped create those play sets. So it wasn't really successful in the market, but I was really proud of what I got to show.
0: That's such a big deal. Larry Hammer was at uh, Hasbro and he was making G.I. Joes and uh, well, he was writing like the the backstory for these G.I. Joes. And since they're here, some of the G.I. Joes were from Rhode Island. Yeah. And the ones that had masks, since most of them were all white, uh, a, a few aside, uh, the ones that had masks, I was like, yo, that could be me under the day.
1: Yeah. Like, like, those yeah. things are a big deal. Representation is important. What's your follow real, real real quick. So I don't know if you know, but the first black G.I. Joe, so I teach with him. Uh, roadblock or alpine? alpine? So I don't know who he was. You teach? No, the medic. The medic. Okay. So uh, there's yeah. a G.I. Joe yeah. that's a medic. Yep. Yeah. So the guy that it's modeled off of teaches at RISD. Get on it. Keeper Nichols. He was just on if you watch Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. He's on there for My Little Pony. But he was also the fir- bottled after the first Black Giant Joe, which he takes full pride in. So he lives here. He cool. also made the modern day Mr. Potato Head with that little butt, that little secret butt. Yeah. That's him. Damn.
0: Wasn't uh Sean Hannity mad because he found the new potato head too uh sexy for somebody for for a potato that was sexually ambiguous? I think that was the, the newest thing. version? I can't. I think that was the thing. Go ahead. I said, if you have another project like those I, and you need a voice actor, I'm an open book.
1: Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know.
0: And yeah, and, and you follow theater because your favorite thing in the whole world is not you, everybody else. What's your favorite thing in the whole world?
1: Heathers.
0: Yeah. Wait,
1: the movie Heathers? No, was a cool. Oh. I don't yeah, know I'm the basicness. Don't no. stop. Okay, 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 I'll, let, let it, let it, let it, I'll do some research tonight. Okay. I, I've got warned I will do some research tonight. Also, if you're interested in voice acting, then you need to follow up on that. Put yourself in a database and go ahead and get some jobs for toys, animation, movies. There's a whole career out there. How do I get? Um, we can talk later on.
0: All right. Uh you had to follow up too.
1: Oh yeah, I was just gonna ask where the vault was uh what is what's uh is that not in on
0: uh Pawtucket on um the Pawtucket Ave it's Pawtucket Ave yeah yeah
1: it's on Pawtucket Ave and it sits it sits back I know there's a juice bar across from it but um it's worth having a field trip so that's also where we keep all of our props or Hasbro kept all their props and they would do some filming over there
0: we'll make some calls we'll see what we can do CJ what's your question my question is what is your favorite piece of art you've ever worked on
1: Ooh, yes, worked on. Mm, 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 mm. I think it has to be it might have to be this is my house, the one I did at the Rizzi Museum. Because for me to for me to be actively critiquing the place that pays me is a risk. <laughs> and but to be able to say I'm gonna stand in my truth and stand in my power and that started to redirect the nature of all my work.
0: Yeah, I get accused of biting the hand that feeds me all the time. Riri, uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, she, she, I, God, I, as as he was did That's she die? Like, she, she took, not she she took your sense? idea. out. no! To... Wait, it's amateur. My guess. Um, the, the, the all...
0: this is compelling podcast,
1: right? I had it in words, special words. Keith, go
3: ahead. Um, which which one of your artworks like conveys like the like your like you think conveys the most meaningful message?
1: Uh, okay. So I did this whole series of work called Real to Real, where I made these little environments, these little six foot sets. And I built the whole thing and I put myself inside of it. So in that, I was like a 1950s housewife character. And then the like I would sit on a couch and the couch was uh, I built it to look like the Flintstones couch. The wallpaper was George Jefferson Uh, because I find, like, he's kind of like my mascot, he and Wheezy, and it has to do with Norman Lear and the representation of Black people on TV. So I built this whole entire set, and it's really about the narrative of I'm putting... I'm literally putting myself in spaces that I didn't see myself, and when you see all the Easter eggs that are in there... Um, it just really speaks to my work. And for me, it's like I've been told that I'm supposed to have like the White House with a white picket fence and 2.5 kids. But the reality is that wasn't for me. Like they weren't talking to me and for me. And when I leave my house, I have to worry about, am I going to come home that night? And so me being, putting myself in that work and creating these narratives and stories, I feel like it really talks to that. I remember, I remember. Okay, so I don't want to like ask if you had like elite your least favorite like artwork. So like most all of them. Anyone who's an artist, like as soon as I make something, I usually hate it. So it's very okay. rare that I like anything. So I was gonna ask if like you were to rank it, like which one would be at the bottom? There's a whole pile of them. Oh, yeah. There's a whole pile like of them. Like
0: yeah, yeah. Valeria, question for Jess.
1: Um, what is something you still want to achieve? Everything. I mean everything. So pretty much anything I want, I go after it. Like, I've done reality TV before. I just shot a plot. Yes, if what? you... You were on The Real World? Uh, I did audition for The Real World in college. I did a TV show with Common. Y'all know the artist Common? Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's on Hulu. We were only one season, but it was a reality TV show called Spike, where it's 13 builders picked to live in a house competing for $100,000. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, so reality, I can't even watch reality shows anymore because it's so manufactured. And I had a nemesis on the show, but I wouldn't give it to them. So they wanted all the girls on the show to fight. And we collectively decided there is not enough representation of female woodworkers on television. So we wouldn't fight. And when I say the producers were pissed. And then for me, I was like, I'm not giving you angry black woman like that's what you want. And I wouldn't do it. So I had thrown the show on the six episodes. So at least I made it more than halfway but I wasn't willing to do what they wanted me to do. And the set was becoming dangerous and toxic. So, so I got out of that. And then I shot a pilot with, um, why can't I think his name, Severance? What's that TV show, Severance? And he wears a striped shirt.
0: So are you thinking Charlie Brown?
1: No, I know, right. No. But anyway, I shot a pilot. Right
0: while you're before. getting away, while you're getting away from racial stereotypes, let me pull you all the way back in. Did you have a rap session with Common? Did you like? Because I know you're into you're into music.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked a little bit. So he had to maintain a certain distance because he's. This is when he was starting to get into TV. So this was before he did Chicago. This is before he was doing the movies. Was
0: this weird Badu era? Not after Badu. No, no, no. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, this was after that and before Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Um, he was. I gotta say, he was cool as a fan. Like he felt like somebody's play cousin. He's a small dude. Like he's small, and all he was drinking was coffee and green juice and but like he would stand next to me and i'd be like go 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 and he would crack up but nobody else around me would laugh because they're all woodworkers That's so it. they don't
0: kanye wood- west <laughs> produced <laughs> the kanye west produced common song and if y'all don't know and if the audience don't know like sometimes people ask the question like when did you fall in love with hip-hop like i legit fell in love with hip-hop to Common's. i used to love her i grew up on hip-hop but it was then that i was like
1: it's so is beautiful. lyrically beautiful yeah, it like really is. His words and everything. So, like I was I was fangirling him the whole time, and nobody else knew who he was. So we would just kind of sit around talk a little bit about, like, TV, talk about music. And he also wore really tiny jackets. So I'd be like, yo, you get that from your daughter's closet. And he's like, oh, you got jokes, though? And I was like, what size shoes are those? And he's like, nine and a half. I was like, oh, we can be in a shoe club. And I know yours are more expensive, so let me go ahead and get those. So, like, those were the type of conversations we had. But they weren't robust. They were all, like, in between takes. And then when I got kicked off the show, he had to be like, you're fired. Very, like, Trump. Or what was it? Okay, he had a he had a tagline, but after the cameras cut off, he came into the room be like, "Jess, are you good? Are we good?" He's like, "You know, I didn't want to do that," and I was like, "I know what this is. Are We're good. back to a reality television." No, I would never do reality, but I would do like a show. I would do like a show show, but that type of reality, not so much. I went back right before, like the week before COVID happened. I shot a pilot for a DIY like a HGTV building show. And that was cool too, but um, getting into TV, like you gotta be ready for it, it's they, it's really exploitative.
0: Valeria's question, right? Uh, so Noah, what's your question for Jess? My question is, what is your favorite
2: experience when teaching, your favorite teaching?
1: When I see it click for my students, when I see the confidence turn on, and when I see them start to support each other and I can back out, that's when I feel really good.
0: Uh, what's been your favorite experience in the classroom? Uh I'd say twisting Peggy's story, probably. Mm-hmm. The way Peggy, No Peggy. Oh, we we can't do a podcast without me talking about how he's the dopest teacher I've ever seen in real life. Mm. Um, it's a it's a real thing. This dude. Uh, last week, I put him on the internet. I put him on social media because I brought in pies. And I said everybody here can have a pie. Okay. If you can recite pie to the hundredth decimal. And you know what? Because there was controversy, I didn't believe you when you said, "Oh, he got there 101." I was like, "Nah, he's lying, 101." I actually went and checked it out, and you did get there, and it was over 101. But it was you got past. Oh, all four. Full. Okay. He's better. All or- <laughs> bro. I he got man. It was it was why?
2: Congratulations. Call me a liar. What are you saying? thought I was right. I was right. It was no. You, you were
0: wrong. No, was for- not 101. <laughs> 101. Okay. What was it then? Okay, you wanted pie. Dude, you wanted pie. And you was like, oh, he had to get to a hundred? He lose- got to a no, 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 no. I have to lose as an eyewitness. I was counting, he said. Uh, Noah, thank you. You did a great job with that. Uh, and Upeggy's a master. Uh, and everybody uh, should see Upeggy's work at some point. What is your question for Jess? My question for you.
1: Your hat is dope, by the way. <laughs> your hat, your hat
2: dope?
1: is dope. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> for you, doubling. What is your best and most favorite artist?
1: oh y'all keep asking me that and i really should know because i'm an art teacher right somebody asked Uh, um it's all right it's all right you know what i'm gonna get i'm gonna throw this out uh carol walker i love carol walker's work black artist she does a lot of like silhouette art in baltimore she recently did this giant installation in the old domino building factory made out of sugar and it was a mammy sphinx and it had like these big boobs and like you could walk under it and there's so many people who were appalled by it because they were like this is disgusting look at those big lips look at that wide nose and she was like oh you mean people that look like me and also taking it yeah. back to Egypt so people that
0: what is, Ka- what is her name Kara Walker Kara Walker we're gonna have to check it out Kara Walker. Is super fast uh nice and loud please so about the wood carpenter thing uh what is that do <laughs> i do wood carpentry? that was the dopest question i've ever heard in my life through my mind a
1: little more specific what is
0: wood carpentry? what is what does that do
1: well okay those are two different so i have a bfa a bachelor of fine arts in woodworking so that means i can build things so i can build case goods so like desk bookshelf, bookshelves chairs pretty much whatever i want to build i know how to build carpentry is more like the structure of this house Uh, this framing right here. So for me, I've always been someone who tinkers and I've always wanted to make stuff. So I just wanted to learn how to do that formally in art design school. So I like the independence of that. And if I want to, if I see it, I want to know how to be able to replicate that and do it.
0: Thank you so much. I want to know where people can find out more about your work. Where should they follow you? Where should they go online? What should people go and see?
1: That's what's up. So you can find me at The Lady J. Brown on Insta. You can go to my website, theladyjbrown.com. Please give me another week. I always say that. I promise I will update that and make it look good. I've got a YouTube channel, just B nine eight three, um, or Jessica Brown Design, so you can find me there. Um, I think that's it. You can see. Hopefully, you're gonna see me worldwide soon. That's that's the plan.
0: Lady J is also a GI Joe. Just FYI, uh,
1: I do have her costume in my basement. See it for Yeah, she's an. She's yeah, Lady La- J and the Baroness.
0: Lady J, you have been seen. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been another podcast with the Warriors from Central Falls. Warriors, <coughs> please say peace out to the world.
1: Peace <laughs> out. Oh!